it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. Back in action, coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon, a man who is not about to get indicted by the federal authorities yet again. Donald Trump, your 45th president, now about to become the first president to be indicted not once, not twice, but it looks like we're heading towards a triple. What the hell is the world coming to? I do not know, but Molly Hemingway has a take. She's going to stop by to join us. Marsha Blackburn, superstar Tennessee senator in the House as well. We will also get into your calls, text, tweets, carrier pigeons, smoke signals. If Elizabeth Warren's listening, we don't care. You're all welcome. 888-788-9910, the phone number for this program where you can be a Republican, you can be a Democrat. The only thing we ask is that you don't be a <laughs> happy Tuesday, everybody. If you're watching the Fail-O-Vision, we got a lot going on this week. It was on Fox & Friends this morning. That is on the Fox Across America website. It is on the Fox Across America Facebook page. Check it out. i got to be honest. I look pretty good in that suit uh, that I was wearing with Ainsley. Wrong. Oh, come on. It's a tough crowd. Well, anyway, if you want to watch some more Fail-A-Vision tonight, I will be on the Ingram Angle in its new time slot, 7.50 p.m., and then I will be carrying the Gutfeld show tonight at 10. We're getting the band back together with our lovable comedy dwarf, Greg Gutfeld, and I will be on that panel at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard. So give it a look. Your radio buddy needs the ratings. We, of course, begin... Not with me sucking it in on TV, <laughs> getting more makeup and getting yelled at by the makeup crew. You're killing yourself the way you eat. Y'all fat f- look at you. Yeah, they've been rough on me lately. Ever since I got back from vacation, Lincoln fed me $64 worth of McDonald's on the 4th of July. $64 on a dollar menu. What the hell did you just say? <laughs> That's a real number. Uh, but let's, again, not focus on what I said or what I ate. Let's focus on the country. This is a... Uh, we're really getting into the silly season now. So I'm going to read you this just to get you up to speed. Then I'll give you some sound from some of the 2024 candidates, people who weighed in here on Fox. But essentially what happened is Trump got a letter Sunday night. Okay, from Jack Smith. Jack Smith, of course, the gentleman who is presiding over the classified documents case. Jack Smith, okay, in charge of Trump's mishandling of classified information. Something, again, that is not ideal. You don't want a president mishandling classified information. But to be clear, plenty of high-ranking government officials have mishandled classified information. I'm Hillary Clinton, and I approve this message. Okay, the difference with Trump and, say, Hillary Clinton is, to be clear, Trump, as a former president, had a security clearance that Hillary Clinton did not. So, in theory, her mishandling it would be more egregious than his. But either way you slice it, it would appear there's a two-tiered standard of justice because Trump was charged. Was Hillary Clinton charged? The answer would be no. Of course not. So people looked into the classified documents thing as a little bit of a racket. Now we're getting an indictment. This is the Trump statement. I'm going to read it to you. And it sounds like it's the target uh, of this indictment is the January 6th goings on at the Capitol. Here's the Trump statement. Wow. On Sunday night, while I was with my family... 
having just arrived from the turning point event in Florida, where I won the straw poll against all other Republican candidates by 85.7% with all polls showing me leading in the Republican primary by very substantial numbers, almost everyone predicting that I will be the Republican nominee for president. And as I am leading Democrat Joe Biden in the polls by a lot, horrifying news for our country was given to me by my attorneys. This is Trump. He goes on to add, deranged Jack Smith, the prosecutor with Joe Biden's DOJ, sent a letter. Again, it was Sunday night stating that I am a target of the January 6th grand jury investigation and giving me a very short four days to report to the grand jury, which almost always means an arrest and an indictment. So now, Joe Biden's attorney general, Merrick Garland, who I turned down for the United States Supreme Court, in retrospect, based on his corrupt and unethical actions, a very wise decision, together with Joe Biden's Department of Injustice, have effectively issued a third indictment and arrest of Joe Biden's number one political opponent, who is largely dominating him in the race for the presidency. He added, this witch hunt is all about election interference and a complete and total political weaponization of law enforcement. It is a very sad and dark period of our nation. Okay, understand, he's not wrong. You might not like Donald Trump, okay? You might hate, you might be one of those people who hate yourself, so you spend all day hating Trump, so you don't have to look inward at the things you hate about yourself. The Upper West Side of Manhattan, loaded with these people. I used to drive them every day in my taxi. They're rich beyond all believable bounds, and they're miserable. So what do they do? They spend most of their day calling Trump a white supremacist and a Nazi, and you, because you live in a flyover state, you're some type of white trash supremacist, some type of homophobe, transphobe, bigot. You know, that's what they do. It's crazy. But again, it's an exercise in projection. These are people who curse you out all day, and then when they run upstairs to their billion-dollar apartment, they stick their head in the bathtub and scream. Ah! Ah! That's what they do. They're nuts. So let me give you a little bit more of Trump because you got to understand here, okay, we've never indicted a president in the history of our country. It's a 246-year-old country. Okay, we've never indicted a president. It never happens. Unprecedented. So you understand to do it, first of all, through Alvin Bragg, which is a little bit of a scam, Trump getting indicted in Manhattan in the Stormy Daniels case, which is essentially he's in trouble because he paid a stripper by check instead of in singles. I mean, it's absurd. He tried to elevate that to a federal crime. Doesn't have the jurisdiction to do so. But the point is that opened the floodgates. Once we got the precedent out of the way of indicting a former president, in came indictment number two for classified documents. This will ultimately be indictment number three if he is, in fact, indicted for January 6th. And it certainly sounds like he's about to get indicted down in Georgia, which would be indictment number four. Now, there's no way you can tell me that this isn't politically motivated on some level. Okay, does anybody with a straight face believe that if Trump wasn't running for president, they'd still be bringing these cases? Like if Trump was like, ah, screw it, Celebrity Apprentice 16. Celebrity president will do an apprentice based on the White House. Go all the way. NBC would take him back. They need the ratings. Okay, but understand, if he wasn't a potential player, a potential candidate for the White House, I genuinely don't know if they bring these charges, and it really makes me feel bad, man. Like, as a guy who cares about the country, like, my whole hook is what? I come on TV and the radio, tell you a couple of jokes, give you a fair shake on the issue. You could agree. You don't have to. I don't care. I'm not in charge of our democracy. But as somebody who actually cares about the greater good of the country, it's a bad spot to be in because you really do plunge into Banana Republic territory. When you start throwing presidents in handcuffs, the optic is now, you know, third world. 
and it's not a good optic at a time when there's already a leadership vacuum on the world stage because nobody looks at the guy in the White House and goes, nah, this fella's on top of it. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international effort to pressure. Joe Biden, the only president in the United States history to make a sign language interpreter shrug. <laughs> Think about it. You're the sign language interpreter. What do you do at the end of this clip? I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international effort to pressure. I think you just pull a flask out of your sport coat and start drinking at the podium. Biden's lost his marbles. He really has. But I think the Trump indictment is proof that they're dead set on running Biden again. You know, there's been all this talk within the Democratic Party that they might want Biden to step aside for somebody younger like Moses. But I think what we're starting to realize is, yes, they're going to run a weakened candidate. And the only chance they have of getting him back into the White House is if they go ahead and weaken their opponent. I'm telling you, that boy's a genius. Okay, it's a lot like the Mueller probe. The Mueller probe, you understand, was designed to make the process the punishment, meaning there was going to be no criminal penalty. There was going to be no impeachment and removal from office. Because the people who started the Mueller probe knew from the get-go it was completely fabricated. That's just how white folks will do you. But that is how they did him. The Mueller probe was designed to hang over Trump's head and impede his ability to govern in the beginning stages of his administration. Oh, the walls are closing in. This guy's going to prison. The kids are going to flip on him. I'm telling you, Barron's going to testify. Turn on CNN tonight at 9. People aren't buying it, CNN, you dumb bastards. But they hung it over his head. And what's going on with these indictments, again, the Alvin Bragg indictment's going nowhere. There's no way he's going to jail for that. He's not going to get convicted. Okay, the classified document situation, seriously, another problem in a legal double standard where convicting Trump would have to open the door to other people who mishandled classified information. Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. Think about that. Joe Biden was a senator, didn't have remotely close to the security clearance that Trump did. And we now know for a fact Joe Biden had classified information sitting in his garage in Delaware in a milk crate next to his vet. Biden is such a disaster. But really think about that. And he wasn't charged. Hillary Clinton subpoenaed. Subpoenaed. Hey, we know you got classified information. Turn it over. Okay, she destroyed 33,000 emails. And they're like, oh, I guess there's nothing we can do. And their narrative for indicting Trump on mishandling classified documents is what? Well, you know, the other two cooperated. Oh, it really? Is leaving it in a milk crate for 10 years after you leave the Senate cooperation on the probe? <laughs> is Hillary Clinton... Destroying 33,000 emails? Cooperation? I think we all know the answer. Okay. This idea that lack of cooperation is what ultimately got Trump indicted for the first time in the 246-year history of our country is a little silly on the merits. But now when you hear they're trying to indict him for January 6th, you understand he's not going to jail for that. Donald Trump did not incite a riot. Okay. And if they thought he did, they could have charged him. Are you ready for it? Two and a half years ago. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. We don't have new information on January 6th. To be clear, they impeached him after he left office to try to stop him from running again. That was the standard for the impeachment when they impeached him after Biden took over. Okay, Joe Biden, of course, assumed the presidency. January 20th of 2021. I don't remember that ever happening. It did, though. He's in charge right now. Like, he's the guy that, well, he's not in charge, but he's the guy that goes out there. Okay. 
But in that intervening period, Trump was impeached a second time with the standard being, well, you know, we're going to bar him from running for office ever again. It didn't work. So what did they do in the summer leading up to the midterms? They had a January 6th commission where they dumped every piece of evidence they had a second time. But in this instance, they brought in an ABC producer to put together a reel and make it look like a primetime tabloid news show. Dramatic music. They altered the and doctored some of the sound effects and the volume intensity of the crowd to make it sound more ominous than it was. We now know that to be true. And understand that still didn't end with any type of action to remove Trump from office. But the other thing it didn't do was uncover new information, meaning we weren't, you know, sitting around not thinking we were going to indict Trump. And then this new piece of information came in that was like, he planned the whole thing. Okay, that didn't happen. This is not an indictment based on new information. It's an indictment based on old information, which means you really have to question the timing of why it's going on now. Ah, you have a good eye, my man. Why is it going on now? Okay, Trump is walking away with the Republican nomination. Frankly, I'm I'm surprised because I know he had a monstrous grip on the party. But I genuinely thought after the midterms that people were going to come to Jesus a little bit and thinking that, The guy has so much baggage as much as you love him. It's like putting down an old dog. You're not going to win, you know, if he's in bad shape. If half the country hates Trump, how do you actually win an election? I mean, logistically, I still don't know how you do. That being said, what's happening right now is people are creating such a rally around the flag effect when it comes to Trump because the Democrats really aren't even hiding it now. They're not trying to make this look like it's, you know, it's it's, you know, justice is being served like they're very upfront about the fact that, like, we had a rule in this country that you didn't interfere with elections. Even so, we were told James Comey couldn't charge Hillary Clinton because the FBI had a longstanding rule that you're not going to charge one party's candidate weeks before the election because it's going to undermine people's faith in the outcome. In this instance, they are taking a guy who is ahead by 50 points in national polls Okay, it's obviously different on a state-by-state basis, but he's still up big in the nationals, and they're trying to lock the guy up right now. And they don't necessarily have the goods to lock him up. I don't believe that's the case. They just want to hang enough of this stuff over his head so people will walk away. But I genuinely don't think people are going to walk away anymore because we're getting to this point now where you realize the old Thomas Jefferson quote very much applies to the world we're living in. When governments fear their people, there is liberty. Okay, when people feel fear their government, there is tyranny. Okay, and they're really operating on a level that you should fear them. Yeah, we'll indict a guy. I know it's a 246 year year rule that we don't indict a guy and run up to the election, but it ain't our guy. We're indicting him. Okay, they don't have the goods on January 6th. Okay, Trump said, go down there, peacefully protest, let your voices be heard. It's not rip the place up. He also wasn't the guy who hired the feds that were a part of the crowd, as Christopher Ray all but admitted under oath by saying he couldn't give you a yes or no answer. If you can't give us a yes or no answer, you're giving us a yes. Because if you said no under oath, you'd be facing a perjury rap. Christopher Ray played some defense there. But you know who's not playing defense? The people in Washington, D.C. 
This is a really dark day for the country if Trump's getting indicted again. And it's yet another instance where people lose more faith in the institutions than the guy being indicted. I'm telling you, as a guy who cares, it's bad for the country. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. Don't go anywhere. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We'll be right back. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at BrianKilmeadeShow.com. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. News breaking this morning on Donald Trump's Truth Social account that he is about to be indicted again by Jack Smith in Washington. This is politics as usual. That's what it sounded like. Here is Nikki Haley. She's potentially running against Trump right now in the 2024 election, at least for the Republican nomination. Uh, she weighed in on America's Newsroom a short while ago, clip 33. It's going to keep on going. I mean, the rest of this primary election is going to be, in reference to Trump, is going to be about lawsuits. It's going to be about legal fees. It's going to be about judges. And it's just going to continue to be a further and further um, distraction. And that's why I am running, is because we need a new generational leader. We can't keep dealing with this drama. We can't keep dealing with the negativity. We can't keep dealing with all of this. We've got China that's literally trying to be at war with us. You've got Iran building a bomb. You've got North Korea detaining a soldier and testing ballistic missiles. We need to focus on the debt and the lack of transparency in schools and crime and the craziness on the border. We can't be sitting there focused on lawsuits over and over again. Get her out. Get her out of here. So Nikki Haley finally now, she's back to we've got to move on mode. Now, this is an interesting point for Nikki Haley, because after January 6th happened, Nikki Haley was like, we got to move on. This is bad. It's too much baggage. And then she caught holy hell all over the Internet, at which point she walked it back and was like, actually, they're persecuting. You know, the way she kind of measured the comments got back into the fold. Now she's very much trying to benefit from the indictment. Um, I got to be honest, it is a lot of drama. But I, the one thing I think a lot of people discount is that no matter who runs as a Republican, they get treated like Trump. Okay, they get treated like Trump. They called you Mitt Romney. But, you know, Joe Biden famously said that if Mitt Romney got elected, he was going to put black people back in chains. Like, that is so far beyond the pale. Okay, when you talk about gaslighting and race baiting and everything in between, but there was no pushback. You didn't get a word out of it, you know, from anybody in the media. The media is a bunch of losers. They didn't care. It's good for the country, bad for the country. They don't care now because the media, obviously, Trump is, you know, box office gold. But if you can throw Trump in jail, oh, they're going to print money. So that's exactly what's going on. This isn't about getting to the bottom of the truth. It's about getting to the bottom of the ratings. Journalism in this country is dead and buried. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton Withrow. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my <laughs> name is Chad. His name is Jonathan. But you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. It's America's Life Coach, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. 
It is the high-flying, death-defying Fox across America. Yes, Jimmy Fallon in the house doing the damn thing at 888-788-9910. Molly Hemingway is coming by. Marsha Blackburn's coming by. What were we talking about at the tippy top of the show today? A little bit of a two-tiered standard of justice is what we were saying. Well, we get more revelations, okay, about the investigations into Hunter Biden that we can quickly contrast with the third indictment of Donald Trump that is now pending in Washington, D.C., according to our 45th president. Trump says he's about to get indicted and arrested any minute now for his involvement in January 6th. I got to be honest with you, man. It's this is ridiculous, totally ridiculous. This is getting stupid. But listen to this. According to a former FBI employee who's going to testify uh, tomorrow. You know, James Comer was on the show yesterday. They're having a special hearing tomorrow where they're going to identify the next whistleblower to implicate the Bidens in an influence-peddling scheme. Hunter's a dirtbag. Yes, but that's not at issue here. At issue is who was getting 10% of the money. Are you the big man, Joe? Either way, you slice it, okay? They slow roll the investigation into Hunter Biden, They got it past the statute of limitations, and the reason they did that is because were there to be a thorough investigation into Hunter Biden, it could ultimately expose the rest of the Biden family to crimes. Uh Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. That's how a lot of people feel. Do you understand the reason cocaine in the White House is getting swept under the rug as hard as it is? It's because, heaven forbid, it's Hunter Biden's. He's on the verge of accepting a plea deal. Now, his plea deal puts a bow on all the other things he's potentially investigated for, whether we're talking about the IRS, whether we're talking about the felony gun charge, whether we're talking about money laundering and all these shell accounts that he funneled cash through from his overseas uh, contacts. You understand all of that's getting put to bed under this Hunter Biden plea deal. If, in fact, he's found to have cocaine in his possession, breaking the law before the plea deal is signed, the whole thing would be void. Oh, wow! Now, they need to put Hunter Biden's crimes to bed. Why? Because they're tied to people in the White House. They're tied to Joe Biden. They're tied to his brother. Anytime people lie to you, okay, from multiple angles on multiple occasions about a basic question you're trying to ask. If they're lying about the beginning of the story and they're lying about the middle of the story, here's a news flash. They're lying about the end of the story. He knows what he's talking about. Okay, the beginning of the story was what? Hey, is Hunter Biden's laptop real? No, it's Russian disinformation. You're not telling me the truth. Okay, the FBI corroborated it is real. So did you know who? The newspapers, they wouldn't let you share it. New York Times admitted it was real after the election. Washington Post admitted it was real after the election. That's why I don't read the newspaper. Because it's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. But do you understand, at the time, they were telling us, no, it was Russian disinformation. Well, that turned out to be a lie. It was real. What was the lie in the middle of the story? Well, I never spoke to my son. About his business dealings. I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. I know Trump deserves to be investigated. He is violating every basic norm of a president. You should be asking him the question, why is he on the phone with a foreign leader, trying to intimidate a foreign leader, if that's what happened. And he's using the abuse of power and every element of the, the presidency to try to do something to smear me. Garbage like you just makes me sick. I mean, really think about that. 
Okay, he tells a second lie there. That's the middle of the story. Nah, never talk to my son about his business dealings. Okay, we now have multiple, multiple people. Devin Archer, Tony Bobulinski, Hunter Biden's living, breathing, functioning business partners. People who are willing to come forward, put their name on it and say, oh, no, no. No, no, we spoke to Joe Biden all the time. In fact, Hunter's business associates were in the White House 84 times, 84 times during the Obama administration. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. Think about that. 84 times Hunter Biden's business contacts were in the White House. And you're going to tell me with a straight face that Joe Biden wasn't talking to them? We now have photos showing him meeting with Hunter Biden's business partners at Cafe Milano in Washington, D.C. We now have emails saying, hey, it was really nice to meet your father yesterday. We also have a WhatsApp message where Hunter Biden is shaking down his business partners and name-checking his father in the process. Here's Matt Gates reading it to Christopher Ray, clip 18. I'm sitting here with my father. I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me and every person he knows and my ability to forever hold a grudge, that you will regret not following my direction. I am sitting here waiting for the call with my father. Sounds like a shakedown, doesn't it, Director? I'm not going to get into commenting on that. You, you, you seem deeply uncurious about it, don't you? Almost suspiciously uncurious. Are you protecting the Bidens? Absolutely not. The FBI well, does not the que- has no oh, interest in You won't answer the question about whether or not that's a shakedown, and everybody knows why you won't answer it. Because to, ev- to the millions of people who will see this, they know it is. And your inability to acknowledge that is deeply revealing about you. You're a bald-faced liar. A liar. Basically what he's saying. Okay, but understand... Joe Biden lied about whether or not his son's laptop was Russian disinformation. So that's lie one. Joe Biden lied about whether or not he had ever spoke to his son about his overseas business dealings. That's number two. Now, lie number three is that Joe Biden never profited from his son's business dealings. That is a fact check false. Now, in theory, we don't actually have the proof that he did. We have Hunter Biden's business partner saying he did. Tony Bobulinski, a man who served this country in the armed forces, came forward to say, yes, they withheld 10 percent for the big guy. Okay, and that's where the nickname the big guy came from in the run up to the 2020 election. Of course, the FBI and the intel community wrote a letter by 51 former intelligence community members telling Facebook, telling Twitter to take down the story because it was Russian disinformation. Now, they were doing that knowing themselves that it was verified to be true. That's not right. Which means it was election interference. They interfered in an election to get a story that was potentially damaging to the Democrat out of the news cycle. Why? Because when you're close to the election, you don't want to tip the scales in favor of one party. Oh, really? As you indict Trump three times? Come on, don't bullshit me. But that's exactly what they're doing. And now we come to find out what, and this is a fascinating report. According to the House Oversight Committee, Former FBI supervisory agent in charge of the criminal investigation into Hunter Biden confirmed key details yesterday of an alleged cover-up described by the IRS supervisory agent Gary Shapley. Now, he was the first one to come forward. Okay, what they tweeted out of the Oversight Committee yesterday after Cuomo got off the air with us is, Today, our committee staff conducted a transcribed interview with a former FBI supervisory special agent assigned to the FBI's Wilmington office and the Biden criminal investigation. 
The agent confirmed key portions of the IRS whistleblower testimony, including that both Secret Service headquarters and the Biden transition team were tipped off about the planned Hunter Biden interview. In fact, on the day of the Hunter Biden interview, federal agents were told to stand by and to not approach Hunter Biden. They had to wait for Hunter Biden's call. Okay, so do you understand they were giving him a heads up that, hey, if it's okay, we'd like to interview you about some of your wrongdoing. If it's it's not okay, then don't worry about it. This is what qualifies as a thorough investigation. It's like cocaine in the White House. They're like, ah, we did everything we could. No, they didn't. Okay, first of all, they told you there was no fingerprints on the cocaine baggie. That's laughable on its face. That means someone's walking around the White House in latex gloves nobody noticed. Okay, then they said there's no cell phone data that could pin someone's geographic location. Then they don't have cameras of the area, too. Okay, you understand if that were the case, you could get white powder in and out of the White House and there's nothing they could do about it. That's what they're asking you to believe. They couldn't detect the powder. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. Seriously, because they also want you to believe, well, not only did it get in, but there's nothing we can do now to figure out how. We're just going to wash our hands of it and move on. Folks, they don't do that at the White House. If you prank call the White House, a federal agent's going to wind up at your house. Okay, they don't let white powder get in and out without having any idea who got it there or why. They know whose coke it is. But again, the answer to the question is problematic for them, so you're never going to find it out. Okay, in this instance, when it comes to Hunter Biden, they're literally saying, "Uh, excuse me, we'd like to interview you over some potential wrongdoing, assuming it's okay with you. I mean, if it's not okay with you, okay, there's obviously nothing we're going to do. That is balderdash and hogwash and mm -hmm. But that's actually what happened here. So as you go to find out, okay, let me give you a little bit of this. I'll read it to you. Okay, as a result of the change in plans, IRS and FBI criminal investigators never got to interview Hunter Biden as part of the investigation. Okay, so basically he was in charge of an investigation into himself. Yeah, it seems totally legit, you guys. I mean, are you kidding me? It's actual clown stuff. But this is what upsets people is like you don't have to be, you know, like a fired up, died in the wool partisan. You know, like a am storming the Capitol. Okay, if you listen to my show... There's no way you can get up that many steps. You're not in shape to storm the Capitol. If they put in a chairlift, you might be able to storm the Capitol. But the point is you don't have to be that politically passionate to realize it's a scam. If one guy's actually getting tipped off, eh, we'd like to interview you for some criminal wrongdoing, if it's okay with you. Imagine that. Okay, imagine the OJ chase. OJ's wife turns up dead. They have more DNA evidence than any murder investigation in the history of the country. The guy gets on the car, starts heading for Mexico with a gun to his head, as he did. But imagine the cops are like, hey, O.J., we kind of want to chase you and pull you over if you don't mind. And he was like, no. And the cops are like, all right, I guess we're good then. That's what's going on here. They're not chasing O.J. unless he gives them the permission to do so. And in this instance, he's not giving them the permission because he doesn't have to. I'm telling you because I care. It's just not good. Like when I get on the air, I am not like an activist. I say this every day. I don't care you vote. I don't want to be in charge. I'm 45. I play video games. I shouldn't be running the country. But the reality is, okay, you don't have to be a Republican or a Democrat to know it's bad for the country to have a two-tiered system of justice, to know that they're looking out for one side. Because what ultimately happens is once that becomes the standard operating procedure in the country, you can wind up with a political party in power 
weaponizing the justice system against you, meaning there's a lot of Democratic people who like this right now. It's like, wow, all the calls go my way. This is great having referees that are on the take. But what happens is if they're on the take, they can eventually get bought by the other side of the aisle. Okay, this is that prisoner of the moment mentality I talk about a lot. Do you remember when Twitter banned Trump and everybody was like, it's great. Twitter's a private entity. They can do whatever they want. Let them ban Trump. They want to ban him. Just shut up. They can ban him. You're like, all right, great. And then Twitter, that private company that can do whatever it wants, sold the company. Everyone lost their mind. And then Elon Musk, who went from the patron saint of green energy, biggest electric vehicle manufacturer in the world, was now somehow literally Hitler. It was bananas, but that's how transactional this is. And the point is, everybody lives in this prisoner of the moment mentality now where they just want to win the day's news cycle. You just want to win social media, get the likes and the clicks, all that digital dopamine you shoot up from your phone. That's what people are after. But in the short-term fix, we're doing long-term damage. Because if we're willing to accept as a country that one size can just weaponize the justice system against the other, then you really are doing third world dictator stuff. And that's the precedent you set here when you tip off one side and you raid the house of the other. So there's a lot of Democrats that love this. Are like, yeah, cry more. Hunter Biden. Trump's going to jail. But if he is, it's because of the new way we're doing business. And I'm just telling you because I care. It happened with Twitter. It can happen again. The new way of doing business can get old to your side of the aisle real fast. You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Molly Hemingway going to join us in the next hour. She is on the outnumbered couch right now. But as they wrap up that program, she's going to head up here where the real action is. Come on, man. Right now we're talking about state of the country. Trump's getting indicted for a third time. Third time. I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. A lot of people feel that way. Folks trying to thread that needle, though. So you got two things happening. Joe Biden right now, this is just real analysis, is the least popular incumbent president in the history of the country at this point. Okay, polling below the 35 percent threshold in his aggregate average. Okay, so he's in a bad spot. Okay, it sounds like they want him to run again. I mean, certainly there's a lot of passion within the party to pull him off the ticket. But if the election were held right now, it would be Trump against Biden. Now, understand Biden, historically unpopular. Trump is historically indicted and, yes, also has some negatives. So there's an appetite out there, at least Joe Manchin thinks anyway, for a third party. Here is Manchin up in Man- in Manchester, New Hampshire, talking about the possibility of starting this no labels party where they'll try to win this thing as an independent do-it-yourself party. Clip one. I've never been in any race I've ever spoiled. I've been in races to win. And if I get in a race, I'm going to win. I don't know. What an idiot. I only say that. Why? Because Joe Manchin, if you are paying attention to politics, is down about 25 points in his Senate reelection polls. If he wanted to get the Senate seat back right now, there's pretty much no way he could do it. So part of this motivation is political self-preservation. You're not going to win the Senate. Maybe you take a shot at a bigger prize. But what a lot of people think will happen is we'll ultimately wind up seeing whoever this third party happens to be splitting the vote on one side of the aisle and hurting the other guy. I mean, to be clear, probably a best case scenario uh, for the Republicans 
because they think Manchin would pull from Democrats. And you think maybe you wind up in a situation like 92 where, you know, the guy won the election, in this instance, Bill Clinton, with 43 percent of the votes. Yes, it was H.W. Bush who was going for re-election, but Ross Perot got in there and wound up getting 19 percent of the popular vote. He didn't win any electoral votes, but he took enough away from Bush that Clinton was able to get into the White House and pursue his true passion of using interns as humidors. I believe that together we can make America great again. Okay, but understand there is this reality right now that people are not happy with either party. Okay, don't get me wrong. The hardcore Trump base ain't going anywhere. Okay? The people that support Biden, meaning the big money donors, ain't going anywhere because they get a lot of power by using him as a vessel. Okay, but then there's this idea that You know, folks that think they're going to step in and fill this void aren't that popular. Okay, DeSantis is really struggling. Here he is being asked if his campaign grew too big too fast because now the news has surfaced that they're laying off staffers. Clip 13. Did your campaign grow too big too fast? No, look, I think at the end of the day, when you you start, there's certain investments that you make. We really believe... Having uh, an important op- uh, apparatus on the ground is, is important in caucus states and in early states. Also, uh, making investment and really growing the ability uh, to attract more supporters uh, financially and all that. And so, so that's just kind of what you need to do. You know, I would I would note that you know you hear some of these 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 narratives. It's like, good lord, how do you spend? I mean, there's DeSantis. There's a slob. There's a real slob. <laughs> Trump does. He likes picking on DeSantis. But either way you slice it, DeSantis has outraised Trump by about a two to one margin. But Trump is outpolling him by about a two to one margin. It's early. Obviously, we haven't even had a debate yet. We're not facing live ammo. We're a long way from primary season. But the fact remains, when people throw a lot of money behind a candidate, they expect a little more in return than zero pull bump. You gotta do better than that. And that's why a guy like Joe Manchin's starting to shake his own collection cup. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. And we are fired up. Big hour coming up. On Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon, we're going to be rapping with Molly Hemingway, senior editor at The Federalist, the bell of the cable news ball, a woman who is joining me on the Greg Gutfeld Show tonight at 10 o'clock, new time slot on the Fox News channel. I'm getting the band back together with our lovable comedy dwarf, Greg Gutfeld. Uh, But long before that happens, uh, and I'm working on my TV side hustle, I'm also on the Ingram Angle tonight in the 7 p.m. hour, Uh, I got a little work to do with you right here on the radio, so buckle up, girlfriend. 888-788-9910 if you want in. We had a weird one yesterday. A really weird one, which is where we're going to start the conversation in this hour. Uh, If you're just getting up to speed, President Trump announced to the American people earlier this morning that he expects to be federally indicted a third time, a third time for his mishandling uh, this this time around of January 6th is what we're being told. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. It would seem politically motivated, if only because January 6th was two and a half years ago, and they don't have any new additional information. That's why it's hard to take it at face value. And as that story uh, continues to unfold, we're going to update it not only with Molly, but Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn is going to be here as well. 
Now, one of the other things going on in the country that I got to tell you is a little crazy. It's a lot, there's a lot of craziness right now. We've had a lot of bad press conferences lately, a lot of food fights. If you saw the one with White House cocaine, okay, Kareem Jean-Pierre, if you remember with a straight face, goes, ah, it's, it's irresponsible to ask if it's hunters. Oh, shut up, woman. Okay, understand who I, I'd be the most responsible question you could ask. There's a guy on the Internet with 400 videos of himself naked doing crack. I actually would venture to say that's the first person you ask. It's like, yeah, we're missing a package of Chips Ahoy. But it'd be really irresponsible to ask that guy over there with the glass of milk half empty. Don't ask that guy. Clearly, he'd have no use for Chips Ahoy. It's like, dude, seriously, irresponsible? Are you stupid or something? But that's generally just the type of projection that gets the job done in this day and age. You label something, you give people permission to tune it out. Oh, that's far right. That's extremism. That's debunked. They just throw out the terms, and that gives people permission to turn out. Okay, but one of the wildest things I saw yesterday is John Kirby was having a little bit of a time of it. Okay, from time to time, they will send Kirby out there to fill in for Corrine Jean-Pierre. She is so bad at her job. Yeah, there's no, it's what it is. There's no pressure when you're filling in. But uh, he went out there yesterday, and the argument that ensued was over the military paying for abortion travel, with the understanding being that, according to Kirby anyway, this is something the military should be funding at a time when China has encircled Taiwan and Russia's in Ukraine, and we've got a president openly admitting, which i got to be honest is not something you can do or should do, that we're running low on munitions. That's stupid! Use your common sense! Like, I get it. So replenish. Don't tell the world. Hey, we're out of ammo. Be a shame if somebody invaded now. You know, it's dumb stuff. Okay, but understand, when they talk about abortion travel, and this becomes a focal point, like the military had their whole issue with uh, pronouns and, you know, all of this acceptance stuff. When it comes to war, the only job you have is to break stuff and kill people, as the late, great Rush Limbaugh would say. Talent on loan from God. I do not have talent on loan from God. I've said this a lot on the show. I I do know a guy named Jesus who sells stolen flat screen TVs in the Bronx, uh, but I don't have talent on loan from God. That being said, as El Rushbo famously liked to tell us, the military's job is to break stuff and kill people. The military's job is not to focus on hurt feelings because the truth is war, war doesn't care about your feelings. In the modern era, if we were trying to storm the beach at Normandy, they'd be like, wow, we've got to get more representation in the boat. No, we have to storm the beach. We have to win. We have to make it up the beach and turn the tide of the war. But in the modern version of of the military, we're fighting all the wrong battles. Okay, when you start talking about abortion tourism, what you're really trying to do is work your political agenda into the military. But the truth is certain jobs should not be corporatized. Why? Because certain jobs are demanding different behavior. Correct the mundo. I should not in a million years expect a guy who's tasked with blowing people up to adhere to the same decorum you would in a boardroom. Okay, they shouldn't be sitting through video seminars about respecting feelings and using the correct pronouns and being more inclusive. Yo, it's war. 
You're literally being hired to desensitize yourself enough to become a killing machine. You're the lowest form of life on earth. That's the boot camp. That's the gig. You're so ugly you could be a modern art masterpiece. They're breaking you down to nothing. Why, you little maggot, you make me want to vomit. So this idea now that we should start not doing, no, no, what we should be doing is making sure we call you by the right name because we don't want to hurt your feelings, you know, before you go into war. We wouldn't want anyone sad while they're blowing the other guy's limbs off. This is, uh, you know, hate has no home here. Let's get some coexist stickers on those tanks. Okay, but here is John Kirby talking about abortion travel and saying it's the sacred obligation of the military. I got to tell you the truth. It's not. Okay, the sacred obligation of the military is to defend your freedoms against any foreign invader. It's to protect the homeland and be willing to risk their lives to do so. Their job is to kill other people. It's not to kill people living in their bodies. Okay, but here is Kirby, clip 36. And when you sign up and you make that contract... You have every right to expect that the organization, in this case the military, is going to take care of you, and they're going to take care of your families, and they're going to make sure that you can serve with dignity and respect, no matter who you are or who you love uh, or, uh, or how you worship or don't. And, um, and our policies, whether they're diversity, inclusion, and equity, or whether they're about transgender individuals who qualify physically and mentally to serve to be able to do it with dignity, or whether it's about female service members, one in five, or female family members being able to count on the kinds of health care and reproductive care specifically that they need to serve. Uh, that is a foundational, sacred obligation of military leaders across the river. In my opinion, that sucked. I got to tell you, man, and the way they frame it as well, it's reproductive health care. Do you just killing a baby? Like, that, fine, if that's what you do, that's what you believe in. It's America. I can't actually stop you. Okay, the polling shows that the majority of Americans are okay with it, assuming there are limits to how far into the pregnancy you go. But this idea that the military's sacred obligation is to pay for people to travel to other states to get abortion has nothing to do with the battle they're supposed to be fighting. And whenever you hear them work in buzzwords like diversity and equity and inclusion, those are agenda terms that they're prioritized in every corner of the universe. But when it comes to war, I'm telling you again, there are no safe spaces on the battlefield. And the military, just so we understand, is the most diverse and inclusive function of our country in that it literally is filled with people from every corner of America. Okay, every corner of America, Muslim, Asian, Latino, black, white, anything you can think of is serving in the United States military. And you want to know something? They've never, ever, ever had room for bias on a battlefield because these are the people you're counting on to save your life. These are the people that you're counting on to win a war. Never in the history of a military advancement have you heard the words, cover me, I'm going in. But not you, folks. I don't like your kind over there. That doesn't go on. It's war. There's no room for discrimination. You know who you're supposed to discriminate against? The people you're there to kill. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. When you're right, you're right. You're right. So this idea, though, that they're working their domestic agenda into their military agenda, I just, I'm telling you, it's just not the gig. It's not, it's not the gig. Okay, the military specifically, okay, combat, it has nothing to do with abortion tourism. It just doesn't.
And it doesn't mean you can't go get your abortion if you have to. But it does mean people shouldn't have to be on board with paying for it. It's like, well, there's, you know, we tolerate, we include every view, every agenda, every need. Well, what about the view of pro-life people who don't want that going on? Are you tolerating their view in that moment? <laughs> of course not. Okay, everybody wants diversity, but they don't want diversity of thought. They want the diversity of inclusion. We should all look a certain way. Wonderful. Who cares? It's 2023. We're so far past race. And the one thing a lot of us are trying to say over and over again is your sexual orientation is like the least interesting thing in the world. Who cares? Who cares what, what you're attracted to? Just go do it. We don't need to hear about it. We don't care. Okay? We've met a little bit of everything. Okay? It's 2023. We now know people who identify as dogs when they walk down the street. <coughs> you know, it doesn't matter. Okay, you can go do that, but when it comes to the military, we're not recruiting you to defend our country because of who you want to sleep with. We're recruiting you because who you're capable of killing. I agree with that. Okay, and if we're going to sit here now and focus on, well, your reproductive tourism travel and the name you want to be called, here's the thing. When you get into the military, you wind up on a battlefield, okay? The people you're going to be dealing with the most are the people trying to kill you. And I promise, I promise, and they're lo loading a mortar on the other side of the field. They're not going to get on a bullhorn and be like, hey, before we shoot this, what do you want us to call you before we lob over these grenades? Do you have a preferred? Is it they, them? Is it he, she? What are you, whatever you're going with, we, just, we wouldn't want any hurt feelings. Just give us a second. We're trying to turn you people into confetti, but we'll be damned if we're going to hurt your feelings. Okay, they're catering to everything except what matters. And that's the real concern. Okay, is that a woke military is literally fighting the wrong battles. It's the war movie that's got critics praising its inclusiveness. Introducing Woke Metal Jacket. Iron Gunnery Sergeant Hartman, your senior drill instructor. The Pentagon is tired of having nothing but tough men in the Marine Corps. You gotta be me, Joker. So they're relaxing standards to make it easier for other types of soldiers. Sound off like you got a pair. Any military can focus on hurting their enemies, but only the American military can focus on hurt feelings. Are you shook up? Are you nervous? Woke Metal Jacket. Good night, ladies. Now playing in Washington and coming soon to a losing war near you. Don't go anywhere. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We'll be right back. So many dumb things going on. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Molly Hemingway, she's joining us in the next break. We're excited about that. She's way too classy for this program. Gonna have to clean up our act for a few minutes here on the radio. Uh, we're going to speak with Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn as well. News of the day, Trump being indicted for the third time. We don't have any additional developments at this point to report. Uh, it's just the president himself telling us he's the target of the special counsel's January 6th criminal probe. Now, do we have any new information on January 6th? The answer would be no. So you understand he was impeached for this. Walked away. Then they produced a made-for-TV January 6th committee, okay, and dragged it out in prime time to draw as much attention to January 6th as they could. Did they find any criminal wrongdoing? The answer would be no. Did they produce any evidence that would implicate him in a crime or show that it was a premeditated thing? The answer would be no. 
not on Trump's part. So the idea that they're indicting him now is not based on new information. Like, whoa, we thought he was free, but then we found this other thing. Look at this. They don't have that. Okay, all they have is that it's an election year, and once the floodgates opened in terms of never indicting a president in the 246-year history of the country, it's become this summer's ice bucket challenge. Now everybody indicts Trump and goes on social media and challenges someone they know who's a prosecutor to indict Trump. It's getting stupid. It's getting cartoony. You know, because the truth is, if Trump's now worthy of three indictments, and it sounds like we're going on four, at some point that's a reflection on everybody else who voted for him, which is exactly why they're doing this. They don't care if they clown the country on the world stage. The point they're trying to make is the same thing we talked about yesterday with Justin Trudeau up in Canada. The globalists want to ostracize anybody with conservative views. They want you to be viewed, they want you to be looked upon in society as an existential threat to the well-being of everyone else. Ergo, they have to ban you from social media because they can't have your problematic views getting out there. Ergo, they've got to crack down on your gun rights because, let's face it, you guys are lunatics. You're getting ready to overthrow the government. Look at the way they stormed the Capitol on January 6th with no weapons. That was just a dress rehearsal for weapons, right? That's what they try saying. It's absurd. But that's the whole point of keeping the January 7th drums beating in the media is to not necessarily pin it to Trump, but to hang it around the neck of everybody who's ever pulled the lever in the name of a conservative. They're doing it in other countries. They're going on in Europe right now, certainly going on in Canada right now. Oh, the far right. So the Muslim community, which does not support the gay agenda and hasn't for literally millions of years, okay, now voicing their displeasure at pride events for little children. Why? Because anyone who tells a little child or wants to focus on who a little child is sexually attracted to shouldn't be allowed around a little child. Bingo. Okay, but understand, the Muslim community pushed back on that, and what did Justin Trudeau say yesterday? Well, it's because of these far-right voices on Twitter is what he's... That is a lie. Dude, if they felt this way for a million years, going on Twitter didn't change anything. But the reason he's trying to point it out to the far right is because there is it's a battle right now. There's an ideological battle being fought all around the world. And it's the battle between big government and small government. It's the battle between victorhood and victimhood. That's going on. One side of the aisle just, yeah, you're a victim. You know, we're an oppressed society. There's a patriarchy. There's systemic racism. You don't have a chance. So you've got to let everyone in Washington solve your problems. Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. Most people know that. But on the other side of this, you know, the limited government victorhood, meaning you can do it yourself. It's America. It's the greatest country in the world. Okay, that's the conservative position. They don't want to continue to radically expand the government because they want people to get out there and have the free enterprise and the free will to provide for themselves. Democrats are trying to create a codependent society, and one of the ways you do that is by telling them everyone's out to get them. Look, come on, man. You can't do this yourself. Hey, but didn't Barack Obama run on this whole slogan, yes, we can, and that whole thing, hope and change? No, like 10 years removed from yes, we can, the slogan is now no, we can't. Can't do it. Not you. What are you, nuts? You need the government. You need codependency. Because if you're counting on the government to solve your problems, the government can count on you to vote for them. That's what he's a lousy dad, but he's right. That's exactly how it plays out every time. And part of this whole far far right narrative, let's keep January 6th going, 
that they really want you to believe that all of those diabetic grandmas who walked around the White House are coming to kill you. Okay, January 6th wasn't good. I was on the air when it happened. I was like, don't do that. Okay, if you're storming the Capitol, you're not being a Republican. You're not being a Democrat. Okay, on any level, what you're being is a That's what you're being. So it wasn't good. It wasn't something we supported. But it also wasn't what the Democrats are trying to turn it into, which is a white supremacist coup attempt to overthrow the government. But they want to keep it going in the run-up to this election. Why, man? This is easy stuff, you guys. January 6th has to be a factor heading into the next election because it gives the Democrats the ability to say, look what happened last time he lost an election. Do we really want to chance that again? This could be a problem. Okay, but that's the reality. They want people to look at it and think we might have a second January 6th to deal with. Now, in truth, part of that is Donald Trump's fault because of the fact that they let a January 6th happen to begin with by speaking down the street. But the rest of it's a scam. reality with a bit of insanity it's fox across america with jimmy Fallon. there it is and if the band sounds fired up it's because they are we are being joined in the studio by a woman who is not only senior editor of the federalist not only a fox News contributor but she's an audience extra you can hire her to go to your comedy <laughs> shows molly hemingway is here in the front row hey girl it's uh, great to be here with you. And so, you joke, but actually my friends who do improv always, like, beg me to come to oh, their shows. Oh, is Because I'm, like, a really good, reliable laugh. So let's talk about this, though. Are you someone who laughs easy or are you someone who, like, testifies? Because I, st- I got my start uptown uh-huh. where I would play, like, some Def Jam audiences. They would testify. Like, they'd get up and be like, Lord, and hug you and faint and all Definitely that. Definitely not a testifier. I'm okay. just, uh, just, like... <laughs> I, my husband thinks I'm ridiculous because I just laugh so easily. He's like, even if the joke is like a little bit cliched or something, mm-hmm. it's like new to me. I've really? never heard is it that before. Is that true? You know? Well, you want to know what it is, too. A lot of things. This is interesting, Mom. A lot of things that are funny have an energy to them that just agrees with you instinctively in the moment, which is why oftentimes little kids – my son did this once. Lincoln, uh, there was a joke told in my house. He died laughing, and he goes, ha, ha, ha. Why is that funny? <laughs> But he knew the energy of it was funny. He yes. had no idea what it meant. I actually love that when kids are learning how to tell a joke. Yes. They just sort of like get the rhythm, but they don't actually yeah. understand. Because there's an energy to, yes. to landing in that healthy place. <laughs> this is the needle we're trying to thread tonight. Molly Hemingway, Bell of the Cable News Ball, joining me on Gutfeld. We're getting the band back together Woo-hoo. with our lovable comedy dwarf, Greg Gutfeld, in a new time slot. Yeah, what do you feel about this new time 10 slot? 10 o'clock. Well, I, I'm so resistant to change. Like, mm-hmm. I'm so conservative instinctually. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, why are we changing everything? <laughs> but I'm kind of excited about it. So There's an interesting uh, logistic note to this, okay? He is on a little earlier now on the West Coast. I saw, I could tell you going on the road, everything I do in the West Coast, it's like rabid because it's 8 o'clock out there. Mm-hmm. So even in Seattle, this sounds crazy. Like, I sold a 1,000 seats, sold a 1,000 seat theater in Seattle. Like, I wouldn't do that in my hometown. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So not mm-hmm. they're a little more liberal. But uh, the West Coast has definitely been a friend to Gutfeld. But what happens now, because his show Earl's airs earlier, it gets a re-air that it mm-hmm. used to not get. So mm-hmm. he'll actually be on twice on a weeknight now. Oh. So it should ultimately be a win for the show long term. But I can't think beyond tonight. You know what I'm saying? Right. I saw the lineup and I was like, oh, I'm carrying this one. I'm kidding. It's going to be great. Molly Hemingway, Jimmy Fallon, Rob Long, Cat Timpf, and the king of late night, Greg Gutfeld. Um, Did you know Rob Long used to be my boss? Is that true? True. 
I did not know that. Yeah. And I've done a fair amount of I don't of work know if with... he even remembers me or knows oh, who I am, but okay. I you know how you always remember your bosses? Oh, definitely. Yeah. But so. was it one of your like a writing gig or was uh-huh. it like some okay? Mm-hmm. Cuz I've had like prior to writing I've had a lot of cross-pollination. I had like telemarketing jobs in the 90s, like weird stuff like that. But no one that ever wound up on a cable news set with me. <laughs> I mean, I saw some of those people on the news like taking a perp walk, <laughs> but so, not that. Sorry, this is like nothing to do with what you actually but want to talk to about. But in D.C., you know, I've lived there for a long time. And when I was younger, I was trying to get jobs from people. And they're still there. <laughs> and I remember everything about the interview and how they didn't give me a job. Uh-huh. They don't remember any of it, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah, but yeah. I'm like, I remember. I came to you hat in hand, desperately in need of work, uh-huh. and you said I wasn't qualified. Like, <laughs> But it's okay. I'm yeah. fine. I'm mm-hmm. fine. But, but yeah. I remember. <laughs> I carry that with me. One of the funniest tweets I ever read. I wish I could tell you who wrote it. And if you, you're out there, just know that I'm offering you a vague attribution. I'm sure it was stolen from the person who wrote it originally. But someone had once wrote, when I was 21, I submitted a manuscript of a book. And the woman in acquisition said, I'd never make it as a writer. And I was a talentless hack. And he's like, and today I'm happy to say after 12 years and thousands of rejections later, that woman is dead. (laughs) (laughs) Funny. Still didn't sell the script, but here we are. Uh, All right, listen, there's a bad screenplay playing out in Washington. That's called a transition, you guys. Uh, Donald Trump, it sounds like he's going to get indicted for the third time. The timing of this is really curious to me. What it looks like is they want January 6th after the made-for-TV special, the January 6th impeachment. It just looks like they want it in the headlines running into the election so they can say, well, if he doesn't win, this could happen again. Is there any other motivation for this? Oh, I think it's actually worse than that. Like, Ooh. that would be the nice old-school version of it. I, I just think they want him in prison or worse. Like, yeah. they, they, they are consumed with hatred. It's like an unhealthy They will thing. try anything that, that's out there, any weapon mm. at the hand. This is the one. I think they're very upset that their last indictment was not treated as very serious. And I don't mean by that that people don't realize it's a serious yeah. thing. It is. But everyone kind of said, oh, it looks like the Democrats are using the justice system to go after their top political opponent. And they're like, no, 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 you have to trust us. This is real. Yeah. And everyone went, are you high? Like, we've all watched what you've done for the last six yeah. years. Mm-hmm. And they're they're lashing out. Well, I think that is part of the problem is like indictment one didn't move the needle. And indictment two didn't move the needle. And I think people have oh. – it did move. Oh, yeah. And not other in direction. the direction that no. they wanted to. Isn't that crazy? Molly Hemingway's in studio. So exciting. Uh, classing up the show. But it's true. They they really at this point, it's almost like, you know, the big lecture we were told was if we ever elected this man, he was going to destroy faith in our institutions. But our institutions really have done more to harm their reputational goodwill than anything he could do. I'm not I'm not I'm one of these people who has been concerned about our FBI and Department of Justice for decades. But I have never seen such self-inflicted destruction as what we as what we have witnessed in these last few years. Like, I get that they didn't like Donald Trump. They're, by their own testimony, they're like, well, we didn't like his foreign policy, mm-hmm. which, by the way, was a pretty fantastic foreign policy. Yeah. They're like, we had to do whatever we could to stop him. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's not what the FBI and Department of the Justice gig. are for. Yeah, like at all. That's not the gig. Uh, they, again, they're supposed to solve crimes, stop crimes, prevent crimes. But the idea of inventing crimes to go prosecute them because you're trying to upend an election, not on the, not not part of the oath. It's not Molly Hemingway. Uh, but talking about that and talking about crime and punishment and lack thereof, did you uh, take them at their word that the cocaine investigation was as thorough as it could possibly be? Right. I think <laughs> I, like, whose coke is this? Nobody said anything. All right, well, good. 
I absolutely love this story. Yeah. I love the idea that you're supposed to accept that, let's say, instead of Coke, mm-hmm. it was ricin yeah. that was brought in. What our Secret Service and other law enforcement people are saying is that if you brought in a poisonous substance that could kill everybody on site, there's nothing they could do to figure it out. My us. favorite part was when they said the plastic bag of cocaine had no <laughs> fingerprints on it. Like, I'm not I know. Uh, like well thought of detective or something, but I feel like plastic baggies are things that you could actually do a pretty easy fingerprint. <laughs> yeah, number testing. one. Number two, like who was walking around with latex gloves? Obviously nobody. There's certainly cameras, even if they say there aren't. Like, they're asking you to accept that there's no cameras. I promise there's cameras. And I think the whole thing is Mm -hmm. they know that everybody thinks it's Hunter Biden. Yeah. And so the only way they can get away with this level of incompetence or, like, Mm -hmm. not actually investigating is if you think it's Hunter's. Yeah. Like, if if you thought it was someone else's and they were unable to determine who it was, Mm -hmm. you would would have a lot of questions about them. We actually are – we all kind of know it's a cover-up. That's it's why crazy. Well, wasn't that so funny when KGP was like, uh, frankly, I think it's irresponsible for you to ask uh, about Hunter Biden. I'm like, dude, this is like a woman has turned up dead. Uh, frankly, I don't want you asking the guy in the white Bronco going 35 miles an hour on the 405. I'm like, you can ask anybody but him. I, what I loved about that answer was that someone said, can you just say like clear as day it wasn't a member of the Biden family? And uh-huh. she was like, how dare you <laughs> for two and a half minutes and never said it. And everybody was like, oh, OK, so it's definitely I get a member it, though, of you know, OK. <laughs> how dare you ask if it's the guy who's naked doing cocaine a thousand times on the Internet? What grounds would you have to suspect, suspect such a thing? currently maybe living in the White House? <laughs> uh, we've got a massive spill of tomato sauce on the highway, but do not ask if it was that Domino's van. So it could not have been them. I was talking mm-hmm. to some you know, fancy pants people down mm-hmm. in D.C. Everyone's talking about it because it's everybody's favorite story. It's got to be the, be- it's the best story. And this one person who's like a high-level person who runs an organization had this conspiracy theory that I loved, which was that the— that the pot was in its, se- oh, sorry, that the cocaine oh. was in its second location. Ooh. That it had been in an earlier location that had too closely been identified with the user of the cocaine. Uh-huh. And someone moved it to the second location that would be a little Ooh. bit like, oh, it could be other people. I like this. That's very possible. Because can I tell you something else? I was talking about this on Fox and Friends today, and it, it, it was almost too much for Ainsley, but I took it to a really street place. <laughs> Ainsley, she's such a sweet woman, and I never want to corrupt the conversation. Yeah. But like, well, Ainsley, this is what bad people do. Right. Because she doesn't know. She genuinely doesn't know what bad people do, and I feel bad. Yeah, you know? that's so sweet. So we have this conversation. Okay, if, in fact, the cubby story is true, and it was left in a cubby, I can tell you as a cab driver, one of the things I learned about the world that I was naive to um, is at first, probably the first year I spent driving a cab, I would drive people to a McDonald's up on 125th Street (laughs) that has lockers in it, Hmm. public lockers. Hmm. And no one would ever come out of that McDonald's with food. We wouldn't go to the drive-thru. We wouldn't get food. They'd just be, I just got to run in. And they'd come out a minute later. And then I would drop them off in like Red Hook, Brooklyn, or 238th and Gun Hill Road in the Bronx Mm -hmm. because they were probably picking up drugs or dropping drugs off at a locker. So if it was, in fact, in a White House cubby, it could have been put there so someone could later retrieve it because that's how they move drugs in the city without doing hand-to-hands on the street. I love this. I love that you also told the Fox and Friends audience. Yeah, they- <laughs> this 
That's a good group of people to learn. But this. you want to know what's great? Okay, there was definitely somebody watching it who got it because he was on cocaine at the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he's like, no, that's yes. true. No, yes. that's, that, that is what they do. I I once went with a friend to a record store in Brooklyn, and I was like, there aren't many records. Oh here. yeah. And then we came out with other things, and I was like, <laughs> oh, I get it. But don't you think also whoever is whoever is dealing the cocaine that's used uh, in the White House should advertise it, like. Yeah. Dealer to the White House. Thank you. Yeah, it's like a real treat to the stars. <laughs> Dealer to the White House. I love this. And my other thing I wanted to throw in there is if this is a legitimate investigation, right, they could absolutely get it down to like, say, 20 people in probably a half hour. At that point, you'd subject them to a drug test. The reason being is whoever the hell brought cocaine to the White House has been doing cocaine. You know, if you're a first-time user, you don't decide White House Day. Right. <laughs> no, the I was day always thinking I will... about trying this. Right, right. Do I have any White House visits coming up? So that's the part I thought was such a scam. But what I think we're, like, kind of teetering on here is we know they're lying. There's, I don't, there's no one who believes they aren't lying. Like, Eric Swalwell was confronted about this yesterday. Whenever the response to the question is a straw man debate point, which is what did they you asked him about the Coke in the White House. He goes, what, do you guys want to get strip searched when you go into the White House now? Because if you're in favor of that, <laughs> no, no, you wouldn't have to get strip searched. We don't get strip searched at the airport. They have a dog come sniff you for drugs. They send you through an x-ray machine. We don't get strip searched. So this idea that that would be the only way to stop cocaine is a very convenient deflection. And what I'm trying to say is they're now brazenly just being like, no, we're not telling you, which is kind of like tyrannical. You know the Thomas Jefferson quote, it keeps coming back to me. When the government feels the people, there's liberty. When people feel the government, there's tyranny. It's very tyrannical right now. And it's not just that they're doing it with the Biden family. Do it with everything. No, it's oh. that they do the opposite with their political opponents. So, mm. like, if you're a grandmother who was within two miles of the Capitol on January 6th, your life is done. Yeah, yeah, it's over. over. Prison, yeah. you know, taking all your money, done. And nobody's going to defend you, and they're going to make it so that anybody who does try to defend you has their life destroyed. But if you are trafficking cocaine into the White House, well, that's no, that's not, you know, what are we going to do? Hey, what gonna what could we possibly out? do about we're it? We're never going to figure this out. They're raiding shuffleboard matches to find out whose grandma went to the Capitol. But they're like, oh, it's just the White House. What do you guys want from us? Isn't it crazy? Because it's like, I, I don't like to feel this way, but it's, I feel this way. Yeah, it's like the kind of thing that you would read about in the Soviet Union, about how they would go after political opponents and how they would defend their allies. And it's like, Every day we're waking up to more and more of it. And I, I feel very frustrated because obviously a lot of Americans know this, but uh-huh. it's like, what do we do? Like they, they control the FBI. They control yeah. the Department of Justice. They control the corporate media. They control everything. Yep. And it makes it hard to fight against it. We're in a weird spot. And just on like a superficial level, I never thought I'd live in America where we had a president who had cocaine in the White House more than his grandkid. You know, isn't it so bizarre? Like that, it's like a real white trash thing they're doing with the grandkid. They don't get called out for it enough. You know what? I have to say, actually, I know a lot of people of different uh, economic. I don't. A lot of people have unexpected children. Of course. And what this elite, powerful man has done to deny the existence of his granddaughter, I actually don't know people who do that. No, I don't. That's what I'm saying. I mean, my family, my family has had this experience, and Mm -hmm. we love. Of course, the children you do. that are you know we don't love the circumstances in which things happen, Thank but we you. love the children. But the kid's the kid. That's the point. And like in this instance, it's so much more egregious because you are the president. Also, I was thinking about how a lot of people have daughters who find themselves pregnant, and you can't do what the Bidens are doing. Mm-hmm. Like this is a privilege that is granted to them because Hunter is a dude. Yeah. He can just walk away from yeah. this kid. When you're a woman and you're carrying this pregnancy and yeah. you have to raise this child, you can't just walk away. No, can't be like no. But so they're literally there. They're like, yeah, we hang up six stockings for the grandkids and one for the dog. 
Yeah. Like, the kid doesn't even have dog status. Oh, and you know what? The real way you know that she doesn't exist in this family is she has no bank account set up for Russian oligarchs <laughs> to funnel money, money to her. Yeah. Come on. You call yourself a grandkid? It's really wild. But it's for all of, you know, we talk about projection. But the truth is all of the projection towards the Trump family being dysfunctional, like the, the Bidens are like actually like a Jerry Springer family. Yeah. Like and when it's you multiple family. When members. you think about like this is this would be a legit Jerry Springer show. I was having an affair with my brother's widow and I knocked up a stripper tomorrow on Jerry Springer. We're all watching. That's like a legit show. Isn't it? It's like it's so bizarre. Because this was supposed to be like the return of decorum and dignity to the White House. And I hate when people say the can you imagine thing. Yeah, like, yeah. But can oh, you imagine no, if the so Trump good. White House had cocaine? <laughs> it would be like front page Dude, above the fold, if, every single newspaper know, in the world for weeks. If Baron Trump does an Adderall playing Fortnite tonight, it would be... Yeah. You know, multimedia around the like world. Retroactive impeachment. Drug addiction. Yes. Just say no. The Democrats would be Nancy Reagan fans all of a sudden. They'd be like, how could it be? Uh, we got to save some of this for the game. Okay. Uh, 10 o'clock Eastern Standard tonight. Molly mm-hmm. Hemingway, senior editor at The Federalist, Fox News contributor, audience extra, humor aficionado. Uh, we're going to be cutting a special line just for you guys. We'll see you on Gutfeld. A show that's taking orders from the big man upstairs. We're on a mission from God. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Going to be talking to Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn in the next hour. Senator in the great state of Tennessee. This is exciting stuff. We're doing the Fox Nation Patriot Awards down in Tennessee, November 13th through 16th. I am scheduled to be there and perform. So if you want to come help me get my producer Mikey out of one of them honky-tonks so he doesn't wind up with a face tattoo again, you're certainly welcome to come down to Nashville the week of the 13th. It's the Fox Nation Patriot Awards. If you've never been there, it's like a cable news petting zoo where they basically like – you, you buy a ticket, you come hang out inside the facility with all the people you watch on TV, and then you can, like, feed us and pet us and throw us tennis balls and we chase them. It's pretty wild stuff. Uh, you got to get there early, though, if you want to feed us because people get full as the day goes on. I don't, you know, but some of the regular TV people who are only allowed to eat once a month, they've got to, you know, stop and play a little bit of defense. Uh, as for me, forget about it. I'll keep going all day. Put that cookie down now! Uh, one of the stories we haven't really touched on that's been ongoing and affects a lot of my friends is the Hollywood strike. I don't know if you've been following it, but there was a writer strike that's been going on for months. Now the actors got involved on their side of it. And uh, one of the points Jesse Waters made when I was on the show with him the other night, I'll be on Jesse's show tomorrow night, uh, 8 o'clock in his new time slot. Hey, girl. Uh, but one of the points that he made on his show when I was sitting there on the set with him that really did catch my attention was Hollywood actors who were yelling about how artificial intelligence could screw extras, meaning entry-level actors. They said, you're screwing the little guy, which is only interesting because Hollywood cheered when Biden started declaring war on our fossil fuel industry, killed the Keystone Energy Pipeline, and whacked 10,000 well-paying jobs at the altar of environmental virtue signaling. Was there any sympathy or empathy for the little guy there? Of course there wasn't. Why? Because it's not about the guy. It's about the agenda. And that's the part that these actors should know better 
but we see right through it. Democrats are so full of crap. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Is it ever? And we are fired up in this hour of Fox Across America. Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn stopping by to discuss the latest indictment of Donald Trump. That's not right. Uh, It's not right. Everybody is getting on record now. Even Ron DeSantis has found himself a microphone and has weighed in on the Trump situation. This guy will say anything. Well, it does seem like the people running against Trump are starting to get away from the original position. You know, when Trump was indicted for mishandling classified documents, everybody running on the Republican side basically said, well, this looks like a politically motivated prod. This looks like they're weaponizing the justice system. We're getting a different take today. And I think one of the reasons we're getting a different take today is when Trump was indicted, a lot of people running for president expected the needle to move their way. Wrong. Trump's indictment has only seen his poll numbers go up. Indictment number one from Alvin Bragg, who's an actual circus clown here in New York. That saw Trump's poll numbers go up in the Republican primaries. Indictment number two saw Trump's poll numbers go up in the Republican primary. So rather than playing along and being like, hey, this is a weaponization of the Justice Department, Republicans are trying to draw some distinctions now between themselves and the man who will be thrice indicted. I played you a Nikki Haley clip earlier in the show that I will play again really quickly. Here was Haley trying to go back to her original position of enough is enough. Now, if you remember, after January 6th happened, Nikki Haley said that enough was enough. It's time to distance ourselves from Trump. Get her out. Get her out of here. Okay, that's what she did. But then when she saw the avalanche of bad PR that came in from Trump world and specifically the voters she'd ultimately need to run for president and have a political future, Nikki did turn around and say, actually, knowing what we now know. That was embarrassing. Wasn't a great moment. And I like Nikki Haley. Having met her personally, I genuinely like her. Like, I'd hang out with her. Okay. Nikki Haley uh, heard the news of the Trump indictment, though, today and is back to Nikki Haley 1.0 in terms of her reaction. This time around, it was not a weaponized justice system and anything in between. It was very much, you know, her coming back to the original uh, position of how much of this crap are we going to put up with from Trump? It's clip 33. It's going to keep on going. I mean, the rest of this primary election is going to be, in reference to Trump, it's going to be about lawsuits. It's going to be about legal fees. It's going to be about judges. And it's just going to continue to be a further and further um, distraction. And that's why I am running, is because we need a new generational leader. We can't keep dealing with this drama. We can't keep dealing with the negativity. We can't keep dealing with all of this. We've got China that's literally trying to be at war with us. You've got Iran building a bomb. You've got North Korea detaining a soldier and testing ballistic missiles. We need to focus on the debt and the lack of transparency in schools and crime and the craziness on the border. We can't be sitting there focused on lawsuits over and over again. So she's back to her original position. Enough is enough. And what she's banking on is you're going to hear a little bit of this out of DeSantis now. They're trying to start to use this stuff against us. They're not worried about alienating Trump's base. 
because they're down 40, 50, 60 points in the polls. At this point, you can't hope to draft your way to Vic, to closing the gap. Okay. It's not NASCAR. There's not going to be a course, a caution flag that bunches the cars back together. Trump is winning this thing going away, but you want to know the other reason. And I don't even enjoy saying this out loud, but the other reason they're starting to finally take Trump's uh, shots at Trump is a lot of them really do believe, you know, these indictments are never going to end, meaning Republicans are starting to live in a world where they're acknowledging the potential for Donald Trump to not be on the ticket come 2024. Okay, guys, if he goes to jail, no matter how much of a scam we think it is, I promise he's not going to run and win. And the people who want to run in place of him are going to start speaking to that reality sooner than later because they're in a desperate spot. Okay, DeSantis is shuffling up his campaign right now. Despite outraging Trump, Outraising, I will say this in plain. Do you speak any English? From time to time, I do. But despite the fact that he's outraged Trump by nearly two to one, okay, DeSantis is losing ground in the polls. Oh, Lordy Lord, he's desperate. I wouldn't say he's desperate just because it's so early and we haven't even had the first debate, but we have had the third indictment. And here is DeSantis speaking to the reality of Trump's actions on January 6th. Difference between being brought up on criminal charges and and doing things like, for example, um, I think it was shown how he was in the White House and didn't do anything while while things were going on. Uh, He should have come out more forcefully. Of course that. But to try to criminalize that, that's a that's a different issue entirely. And I think that we we want to be in a situation where, you know, you don't have one side just constantly trying to put the other side in jail. And, and that, unfortunately, is, is uh, what we're seeing now. Now, listen, he threads the needle there. Says, wow, Trump should have did more. Wrong. But at the same time, he toes the line and says, but you can't be targeting one side of the aisle politically. And the Democrats very well seem to be doing that. Democrats fight so much dirtier than most people realize. They're so much dirtier. Remember the old video game, Double Dragon, arcade classic in the 80s where you could pick up a oil barrel and hit somebody with it, smack them with a chain or a piece of fence? That was the hook of Double Dragon. You could fight dirty in a video game. Up until then, we had like little boxing games, but we never had anything that was actual gang violence. Okay, when it comes to politics, the Democrats are playing double dragon. They will hit you with anything. Fake Russia probe, fake tax probes. Ah, this guy hooked up with a stripper. Oh, yes, I've read about that in the Bible. Hit him with that. Okay, anything they could think of. Wrongdoing in Ukraine. He threatened to withhold foreign aid from Ukraine if they didn't do what he wanted. And we'd never support that, right? I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. <laughs> I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting a billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. Got fired. Whoa. Are you the big man, Joe? Sounds like he is. Oh, they 
I told them they're not getting the billion dollars unless they fire the prosecutor who's investigating the corruption. Gee, I wonder why Joe Biden wouldn't want corruption investigated in Ukraine. That's him actually admitting to what they indicted Trump for or impeached Trump for when it came to Ukraine. She understands a big double standard. And when there's a double standard, there's no standard. Okay, when it comes to stopping Republicans, again, there is no standard. When you think about Russian collusion. It was made up by these sick people. But you understand those sick people were willing to go on TV every night, despite knowing it was made up, and say every night that they'd get thrown on TV. Oh, no, this is collusion, as far as the eye can see. We've never seen so much collusion. It's actually it's crazy. Actually, hold on. You have some on your arm. Let me wipe it off. There's that much collusion. Okay, and then under oath, facing the threat of perjury, like, hey, so uh, what's up with the collusion? Did you see any? The answer would be no. No, because they didn't have any. The process was the punishment. The Mueller probe existed to get Trump to self-destruct. There were so many different anonymously sourced bombshells coming out every day that they were counting on him to grow frustrated, fire Robert Mueller, and create the perception that there was a there there. Tell them like it is. Well, they fired Mueller because Mueller was closing in. They had all this collusion. Guy was going to jail. And then that would be the end because in the court of public opinion, he would be convicted and probably would have been impeached and removed from office despite the fact that he never, ever colluded with Russia. The Democrats were willing to end his presidency under that false pretense, just the same as they're willing to indict him. We've never had an indicted president in the first time in the 246-year history of our country. We have someone who's been indicted not once, not twice, but three times. And it sounds like there could be a fourth down in Georgia. Do you understand? They're very much playing the old 80s video game Double Dragon. They will hit you with anything. Kevin McCarthy, Speaker of the House, he weighed in on it, clip 34. Well, I guess uh, under a Biden administration, Biden America, you'd expect this. If you notice recently, President Trump went up in the polls and was uh, actually surpassing President Biden for reelection. So what do they do now? Weaponize government to go after their number one opponent. It's time and time again. I think the American public is tired of this. They want to have see equal justice. And the idea that they utilize this to go after those who politically disagree with him is wrong. He's, listen, he's telling you the truth. And then you'll get Merrick Garland in front of a TV later and he'll be like, it's not politically motivated. You are so full of sh-. OK, I'm telling you, by the time this is over, Trump is going to get indicted for not helping Kevin McAllister during Home Alone 2. Now you saw him right there. Could have got the kid back to the family. Like, isn't that a movie? I'm like, ah, whatever. It's child neglect. Guy's got to go. And then they'd tell you to vote for Biden, the guy who hasn't even spoken to his seventh grandkid. There is such white trash stuff going on in the White House right now. It's fascinating to watch. It's like a guy who actually cares about the country. It's bizarre. But this is the thing. When you look at the election cycle we happen to be in, you got Joe Biden running on the left, historically unpopular, historically unpopular. We've never had an incumbent president less popular. For as high as Trump's negatives are, meaning liberals hate him, okay, understand that within his own party, the guy had a 92% approval rating going into his reelection bid. He was not unpopular in his party. Joe Biden is unpopular, not only in his party, but every party. Come on, man. Nobody likes the guy. Nobody likes the condition the country's in. But the Democrats are hell-bent on running him again. 
because if he's the president, the people behind the scenes have a lot more power than they would with a traditional president. That's the hook of Biden. Everything you see is a negative, is a positive. You go, well, he doesn't know where he is. He goes the wrong way when he's leaving the stage. And the bureaucrats go, oh, this is amazing. This is great. Get him on the ballot. Get him elected. We'll get all the big money donors. We covered that yesterday. 90% of Biden's donations are big money donors. He doesn't have small grassroots fundraising because grassroots people are too busy selling pictures of their feet on Instagram to make their rent payments right now. It's bad. So you understand, knowing they're going to run this guy, they're hell-bent on getting him over the top, it's going to require them to weaken their opponent. And if you're looking at the polls, indictment one didn't bring Trump back to the pack. Indictment two didn't bring Trump back to the pack. So now we're on to indictment three, and when that doesn't work, we'll be on to indictment four down in Georgia. The definition of insanity, of course, being doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. They're not going to get that result. At the same time, they're not crazy. So rather than going out there and expecting these indictments to move the needle, what I ultimately expect them to do is move Trump off the ticket by throwing the guy in jail. Like, believe me, if they're hell-bent and vindictive and crazy enough to indict him, you damn well better believe they're crazy enough to convict him. Understand, they were willing to throw him out of the office and overturn the integrity of the United States presidency with a fake Mueller probe. If you're willing to do that to the country, there's not a hell of a whole lot of things out there that you're not willing to do to the country. And that's the scary thing about the moment we find ourselves in right now. You got a guy, Trump, who's exponentially better as a president for this country than Joe Biden was. Exponentially better. Okay, but they don't want you picking the nominee. They do not want you picking the president. The relentless persecution of Donald Trump means you picked the wrong guy in 2016 and they don't want it to happen again. Okay, that's the reality. That's why people like me are calling it out. The government's going to jump all over your head, Jimbo. You can let them. But the point is, and I've been saying this quote so much lately, so I apologize, but it's a Thomas Jefferson quote. When the government fears the people, there is liberty. When the people fear fear the government, there is tyranny. Okay, they are very much in a movement now where this government does not fear its people. They want us to fear them, and that's why they continue to indict Donald Trump. But the fact remains, you don't have to be a Trump guy, okay, to think this is BS. Okay, you need to be an American guy, an American gal. Oh, gosh, this is going to go on for days. Tom Petty, she was an American them. (laughs) They're going to ruin music. I can't take it anymore. Quick break before I snap. The show that's crashing the establishment party. I don't recall seeing your name on the guest list. Nothing to be embarrassed about. I sometimes go by my maiden name. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I'll give you one reason you should want Republicans to win the next election. So it stops becoming a state-sanctioned policy to encourage children to switch genders. Okay, Rachel Levine, a biological man now pretending to be a woman. That's fine. It's America. You're an adult. I do not begrudge you that. If you want to transition over the age of 18, have at it. Freedom! And that is the Republican position. We, of course labeled transphobes. We're committing transgenocide if we don't support children who haven't had a chance to fully develop to alter their body 
through surgeries and a lifetime supply of follow-up medications because they feel like they're in some state of conflict. Well, Rachel Levine was asked about this claim yesterday. Hey, why can't you just let them turn 18 and then make a decision? You know, like you would with a tattoo or a boob job or anything in between. Rachel Levine, with a straight face, says because you could be going through the wrong puberty. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Well, it wasn't me who said it. It was the good doctor, Admiral Rachel Levine. Here it is, clip 32. What would you say to folks who think that they're being reasonable by saying, why can't children just wait till they're 18? Adolescence is hard and puberty is hard. What if you're going through the wrong? What if you inside feel that you are female, but now you're going through a male puberty? This guy's a serious ass. Seriously, dude. Like, come on. So what if you feel like you're female, but you're going through a male puberty? You know what the answer is? You wait it out. Maybe you go through the male puberty and you're like, huh, I'm a man. I'll do the man thing. Maybe you go through the male puberty and you go, nah, still a woman. Well, there's good news. You can go get that switched. Freedom! Ain't that beautiful. Folks, there is a reason a reason that up until like an hour ago, nobody was okay with telling a child they were trapped in the wrong body. Now, you'll find people in the medical community that are willing to get behind that position. Why? Money, 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 money. They are making a gazillion dollars, okay, if everybody starts transitioning their child, if they have to now get follow-up procedures, if they now have to buy meds for the rest of their lives. They are making money. Okay, but on the ideological side, which is the Democrats, they're just trying to manufacture a new form of oppression, a new civil rights movement. These people are oppressed. They're being denied. If you won't let a five-year-old kid permanently alter their body, folks, in what is anyone listening, anyone who seriously would let their five-year-old go, Mommy, I want a tattoo, and you'd be like, all right, here's 100 bucks. Uh, Make sure you show it to me when you get back. Nobody's doing that. Okay, you wouldn't do that with your five-year-old. You wouldn't do that with your 10-year-old. You wouldn't do that with your 15-year-old. Okay, if you had a seven-year-old daughter who said, Mommy, I want a boob job, you wouldn't go say, congratulations, here's some boobs. So in what world, if your daughter came to you and said, Mommy, I want a dong, would you say, here's a couple of bucks, go buy a dong? The point is, you wouldn't. And I'm only telling you because I care. Bingo, man, bingo. Oh, girl, it is Fox Across America. We're slowing it down, school dance style. All the boys, girls, theys, thems, non-binary, cisgender, whatever you are, I am not disrespecting you. Uh, I want you to feel included and heard and valued in our country, uh, especially if you happen to be altering your body above the age of 18. Okay, when you hear Rachel Levine, I'm going to play this clip one more time. Because the whole point of this debate right now is the Republicans keep going, ah, be whatever you want. Just don't come for our children. And the Democrats are being like, no, oh, no, no, we are absolutely going for your children. Are you kidding me? Here's Rachel Levine saying we can't wait till you go through puberty. Clip 32. What would you say to folks who think that they're being reasonable by saying, why can't children just wait till they're 18? Adolescence is hard and puberty is hard. What if you're going through the wrong? What if you inside feel that you are female, but now you're going through a male puberty? You sound insane. Do you realize that? You should be medicated. 
Yo, what if you're going through the wrong puberty? Uh, here's a news flash for you. There's no such thing. <laughs> the puberty you were assigned at birth is the right biological puberty for you. Okay, man, you, de- you may decide you want to be the other thing. You could go pretend to be the other thing. But for the naturally occurring puberty in your body, I am telling you, this is straight up. You could be as trans as you want to be. You could go be a garden snake. I'm transitioning to a garden snake. Chop off all your hands and feet and slither around on your stomach. I support it. It's America. I do not care. Freedom! I don't care. But I promise you, oh, man, how is this even a point of debate? I don't know that it is, but they're trying to make it one. Okay, you can only have the right kind of puberty, meaning your body has been assigned a gender by the Lord. Okay, you were given a God-given biological body, and it wants to do things in line with your naturally occurring biology. When you start going into these bodies in their state of development, when they are still evolving and growing into themselves— Your bones are getting stronger and your muscles are getting everything like that. Your voice is changing. Okay, to go in and start injecting hormones that don't actually belong in your body. This could be a problem. Okay, I'm not saying you can't put them there. It's America. You do whatever you want. You know, but this idea that you could be in the wrong pro Well, we can't let them have the puberty. What are they saying? They're flat out saying go after underaged kids. That's what they're saying. Like, she's admitting it. I admire your honesty. On some level, I do, too. She's flat out admitting it. Rachel Levine. Not I. Can't let him hit puberty. No way. Uh-uh. What if they're having the wrong puberty? What does that even mean? Okay, yes, adolescence is hard. Yes, you do go through hormone swings. So this idea that whatever mood you happen to be on Tuesday is the one we should permanently affix to you for the rest of your life? By subjecting you to surgery and follow-up meds? Dude, that's psychotic. It is psychotic. I can tell you as somebody raising a child that they evolve so much, so much from that age of five to where's Lincoln now? 14. Two years ago, he didn't like sports. He didn't watch sports. Now Lincoln is like a, a sports center anchor on ESPN minus the America bashing. He likes the country. But other than that, he could be an anchor on ESPN. He's not going to call everybody racist every three minutes. But the point is he knows enough about sports. He's passionate enough about sports that he can do the gig. But that's not who he was a few years back. He was, you know, playing Fortnite and collecting Pokemon and being a good, fun kid. He had a mullet. He's a little chubby. He looked like the toughest woman in prison. Shut your mouth. But the point is he evolved. And this idea now that whatever mood a kid happens to be at a certain age should just be their permanent mood. Folks, adults don't get it right. Adults don't get it right. How many times do you hear student loan forgiveness pushed on us? As well, they took out a loan in a field they don't even want to work in. Uh, They got that one wrong when they were 18 or 19. Oh, but let's give them at the age of five the latitude, the autonomy to go permanently alter their bodies. I'm telling you because I care. It's disgusting. And Rachel Levine, who waited until she had been married and had multiple children before doing the woman thing, okay, 
Rachel Levine had that opportunity to evolve, still felt the way she did and made the change. That's the same thing we should be doing for everybody. Nobody should be able to permanently chemically castrate themselves until they've grown in their body long enough to have the actual body. Okay, you're born into a body, it develops, and you become who you are. The idea that we should just start shooting hormones in there halfway through because you might be going through the wrong period or the wrong development or the wrong uh, puberty, who the hell says there's such a thing as a wrong puberty? Not a doctor. You've never in the history of your life heard a doctor diagnose, oh, sorry, we came for your annual checkup. Uh, Yeah, Pierce, you go through the wrong puberty. Uh, we know we said it's a boy when you were born, but uh, nah, you growing a you know boy, boy parts and everything, the bone structure, it's happening, but we, it's not the right one for you. That's not true. The only person who would tell you they're going through the wrong puberty is not a medical professional. It's a circus clown. That's who's trying to address an agenda there, advance an agenda. The Democrats are manufacturing a civil rights movement. This part is true. Okay, they want to be able to claim the transgender people are oppressed and under violent attack in this country. Now, it's not true. Thankfully, we don't want anybody under attack in this country. In fact, we have more proof that the transgender community is attacking the rest of us if we were going to take it there. But we still can't even read the manifesto because they said it would be so damaging to have that Tennessee shooter who killed a bunch of school kids have their truth read to the public. They're like, no, that could endanger people. Really? What's on the paper that's more endangering than shooting up a school? But they go to these lengths to protect them because we're living in this pretend world where they're under attack. Nobody wants to attack transgender people. Okay? The only thing we're asking is that they don't attack our kids with this ideology. Apparently, that's too much to ask because Rachel Levine is flat out telling you, no, 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 we got to come for your kids. We can't wait. Okay, these people don't hear themselves. They don't have any self-awareness. When you have a media that just echoes everything you say as the correct thing, it becomes a bad look for you. You know how they say everybody needs a friend who will tell them their ass looks big in those pants? Okay, the Democrats need that friend right now, especially since you're wearing pants that belong to the wrong gender and you don't realize how crazy you look. I'm telling you because I care. These people are absolutely positively out of control. I think he's got a point. The show that connects you to people in high places. It's like the most important man in the world standing here, and you got a conversation going with each other. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Fired up to bring on this next guest, a superstar senator from the great state of Tennessee, Senator Marsha Blackburn. Back on the show. Hello, hello. Hello to you. Hope you're doing well and surviving in this heat wave. It's crazy. Okay, and it is. It's a little hot in New York right now. I'm not going to lie. But it's different than Tennessee because in Tennessee, you guys call hot summer. In New York, we pretend it's climate change. Now, to the best of my recollection, it's usually hot this time of year, right? Right. And, you know, I love it. I love 90 degrees and sunshine. Wow. I think that that's a that's a really good thing. I could go for that um, Mm. about three months out of the year. I'm sure (laughs) if I got it every day, I'd be tired of it. Well, in New York, we would suit me. That's fair. And, you know, we're actually in a cooling trend Mm -hmm. right now. Yep. 
and that's why they went from global warming to climate change. Mm -hmm. And they think John Kerry can go solve all of our problems by kowtowing to the communist Chinese. That's really fascinating. But I will have you know he does not own a private jet. His wife does. Yeah. (laughs) Some (laughs) distinction there. Hey, John? You know, uh, I, I I just couldn't get over uh, that rambling, uh, trying to justify and explain. But, uh, <laughs> you know, we're going to remember the Biden administration as the you just can't make this stuff up administration. That's funny that you say that. We're talking to Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn. Yes, I, I think when it comes to cocaine in the White House, I don't know that anyone could have wrote this episode. And we've seen a lot of bizarre things on this sitcom, but no one saw this one coming. Did you? No. And then they turn around and say, well, we found other drugs. And we found marijuana twice mm-hmm. last year. And it's, it's the see, here's the thing. Tennesseans know that the FBI and the Secret Service and the DOJ, that they're lying to mm-hmm. them. They know that. And they know that Hunter Biden has a troubled life and that the big guy is trying to shield him as much as he can. And that's probably why they've got Hunter living back in the White House again. So, you know, Jimmy, you just really can't make this kind of stuff up. (laughs) What if you were 50 years old and had to go live with mama? (laughs) Well, the way my radio show's going today, I may have to do it at the age of 45. Uh, but, well, you know, I'm I'm supposed to come on and pick your radio show and your ratings up. So. <laughs> Marsha Blackburn, the ratings fairy. She has flown in, left a dollar under the pillow. It's great. Uh, I love this. Well, here's the thing. There's so much going on in Washington right now as it pertains to the Biden administration that, as you know, is not good. I mean, he is a historically unpopular president. Do you think on any level that plays into why they're continuing to try to prosecute Donald Trump? Of course it does. You know, they said, here's the guy we want to get. Now let's go find something we can pin on him. Mm-hmm. And I, a guy in Tennessee summed it up pretty well for me. Mm-hmm. I was talking to him at church, and this is a guy, entrepreneur, starts a company, grows a company, has about 100 employees, mm-hmm. and didn't like Donald Trump, loved his policies, didn't like how he acted, probably voted for Biden. And he said, you know, he read the Durham report. He looked at what was done in that first indictment and the Mar-a-Lago raid. He said, you know what? I'm not sure how I would have acted if they were after me for seven years straight. Everything I did, if they kept accusing me of things I knew I didn't do. And he said, I I just, he said, I've um, changed my mind on Trump. And I think there are a lot of people that have done that, Jimmy. They don't like two tiers of justice. They want equal access, equal justice, equal treatment under the law. And they're looking at this, and the way the Clintons and the Bidens and their cronies have been treated, the way the deep state really covers for Democrats and how they use their power to abuse Republicans. And they're saying, hey, wait a minute. If you're going to do this to Donald Trump, 
if you're going to do this to somebody that owns a company or somebody in the community, you could do it to me. Yep. It's hard to think they would draw the line, and I think that's the craziest part. We're talking to Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn. Uh, we have a whistleblower here tomorrow over in the House. Uh, my question to you is, you know, you're in Washington. You're making moves. Uh, are you starting to get the sense that on the Democratic side of the aisle there are people that want to move on from Joe Biden? Or do you think they're going to try oh, to yeah. give this the shutout? What do you think? Yeah, I, I think that uh, they're getting very nervous about Joe Biden because they've got banking records. And, you know, if all else fails, follow the money. Mm -hmm. Uh, We hear that (laughs) all the time in different situations. And they're looking at this with this money trail of nine different Bidens receiving money into bank accounts, going through 20 different shell corporations. And they're going, come on, guys, uh, somebody needs to start fessing up about this because it's probably the biggest influence peddling scheme ever in the history of our country. And they've carried it on for years and years and years to where it's just become a part of how they do business. It's true. It's it's crazy to think because people don't realize that, you know, if the Bidens are compromised, we're compromised. I don't think it's a political right. position. I think it's an American position. And I think a lot of people are right about that. that. And uh, people I have people ask me all the time. I mean, they're so worried about China. You know, we've got entertainers that get their uh, intellectual property stolen by China. Same thing for some of our auto manufacturers, our aftermarket auto parts industry, uh, even Gibson Guitars. The Chinese Communist Party has uh, no qualms about stealing that intellectual property and then undercutting you with your designs and undercutting that price and taking your market share. They look at that as a business model. And people are saying, you know, why won't Joe Biden do something about this? And they're saying, well, he's compromised. And that's why he doesn't call him to account for all the fentanyl that they're producing that the cartels are distributing and pushing into communities all this all across this country. It's why they don't push him to come clean about COVID-19. It is why they are allowing them to continue to surveil us, whether it's TikTok or a spy base in Cuba or that spy balloon that sashayed all across the country Mm -hmm. and taking pictures all the way. And, you know, you had the administration saying, well, when it gets down to the ocean, we'll shoot it off. I said, the thing was remote controlled. How did they know it was going to go out into the Atlantic Ocean where they could then shoot it down? All the, the Chinese had the data they wanted at that point. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, and to fly yeah. it as brazenly as they did over the mainland. I mean, they were really just flipping us the bird. And uh, I know that's a greeting here in New York, but in the rest of the world, it means something else. Um, Marsha Blackburn, you have restored order. Okay, we're 30 seconds out from the end of the show. You got us over the finish line. Where do we send the gold medal? 
oh, you know what, I'll just show up and then I'll take the top of that podium and say, here you go, speaking truth to America with Jimmy Fallon. There oh, you go. We love it. All right, beautiful. Well, it's, it's good to see a woman win a woman's sport again. So for that alone, we're you thankful. You got it. Absolutely. The, you're the best, Senator. Have a great day. You too. There she goes, the legendary Marsha Blackburn. We got a woman back on the medal podium. You don't see that happen in a lot. That doesn't happen a lot in this day and age. What the hell is the world coming to? Oh, it is a wild time to be alive. I have to tell you, I like the crazy. As a former cab driver, you spend a lot of time in traffic. You know, six lanes of traffic are shut. There's a fire truck that needs to get through behind you. It's a pedal, pedal bicycle cab cutting through. There's thousands of pedestrians. I loved that. I like chaos. I like flying into the storm. Uh, but I have a lot of empathy and sympathy for those of you out there that don't because I feel like the world is really overwhelming right now. It is. It just seems like there's so many fires burning in so many different points. My advice, as I say every day, is just pick up a stick and roast some marshmallows. Find something you find funny about this house of fun we're living in. You know the old Jim Morrison quote where he goes, I'm going to get my kicks before the whole S house goes up in flames. Okay, that's my advice to you. Go have a nice night. Get your kicks. I'll see you on Gutfeld, 10 p.m. Cudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Cudlow Podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.